Welcome to the Critical Thinking Initiative Podcast. We bring you research-driven solutions to critical thinking education. Why? Because as Bertrand Russell said, most people would sooner die than think. In fact, they do so. And now your hosts, Steve Perlman and Dave Carrillo. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Critical Thinking Initiative Podcast. This is Steve. I'm Dave. And we're reaching out to you today with what we consider to be the first of what we hope will be a few emergency Band-Aid podcasts for people who are suddenly confronted with needing to teach online and are struggling to figure out what best practices are involved in that. But before we get to the podcast, we certainly want to wish all of you well in the Critical Thinking Initiative universe. We hope that you and yours and everyone you care about is not only healthy physically, but also finding ways to exercise self-care and work through this weird situation that we're all in, in as healthy ways as possible from head to toe, mind, body, spirit, and so on and so forth. It's tough sometimes to wrap your mind around this situation and in this coming to pass. I mean, especially since, you know, the last 20 years, our culture has a very well integrated end of the world apocalyptic milieu to it. Books, movies, TV shows, and that whole canon makes it that much more unbelievable when something like this concretely comes to pass. So we're coming to you remotely from our respective homes. And we know that a lot of you have no other choice but to move your home educational schema online and we know that well that can be stressful even in the best of times so we're hoping that the podcasts we put out in the next week or so help you all in some way and we uh, want to encourage you to reach out at any point to info at the critical thinking initiative.org we'll do our best to answer your questions put up podcasts take on subjects whatever you need And today, what we're going to talk to you about are not the deeper factors that affect learning outcomes in online learning, nor even really critical thinking in online learning as a main focus, which is a little bit of a departure for us. What we're talking about today are some absolutely critical things that you need to know about student satisfaction with respect to online learning, a little bit with how it affects actual learning outcomes, but we're more focused on making sure everybody has a good experience, a good experience for you, a good experience for your students. Obviously, learning outcomes are a concern, but first and foremost, we want to make sure that the students are feeling like they're having a positive experience through all of this and that you as an instructor can therefore relax a little bit, allay some of your fears that you're just in over your head or you're going to give the students something that's a bad experience. And that's a number of the emails that we received are instructors who are simply saying, I just at least want to make sure that my students find this positive, that they perceive at least that something good is happening here, that something competent or better is occurring. And since we might have a lot of new listeners to this, we want to emphasize that everything that we ever say on the Critical Thing Initiative podcast comes out of peer-reviewed research and that we use a couple of articles usually as key reference points, but we are always looking at swaths of research before we ever come to you with any particular suggestions. So even though we're just referencing a couple of articles as foundational stones for this, there's a much bigger breadth of research that we are ultimately drawing from in making those selections and trying to find ways to communicate things to you that are just immediately useful and clear. 
Right. If you are a new listener, welcome. Feel free to browse through our back catalog of podcasts. If you've come to us before, if you've heard our podcast before, you may know that we're not necessarily all on the technology bandwagon in any way, shape, or form. I mean, we've done some podcasts on PowerPoint and using video games to affect critical thinking outcomes. And we're, you know, we're not pulling any punches here, but let's get to this, man. We've blathered long enough. Yeah, let's jump into this. So the way we're going to do this is that I'm going to talk about one article that's going to give some broader buckets for what you want to do in terms of teaching online to increase your student satisfaction with that experience. And then Dave's going to follow it up with another article that maybe looks even a little more closely at what it would mean to do those things or how to implement them. We're going to talk to you about what are just really some very simple principles to keep in mind as you're working online, not deep things about course design and so forth, just some really simple things that every instructor can do, mostly about how you approach the experience for your students to make it a positive experience for them. Before we get to the first article, let's just talk about the overriding idea that we want you to hold in mind. There's considerable research about the importance of what's called teacher presence in online learning. And that premise is really essentially very simple, which is that the educator still has to be involved with the students and their learning experience. And that it's certainly not enough to just record lectures, put them online, give a test, and then forget about everything in between. When it comes to the student satisfaction with respect to their learning experience online, teacher presence is an absolutely critical factor. And in fact, maybe the dominant factor in whether or not students find the learning experience to be a positive one. Now, is there a direct relationship between student satisfaction and stronger learning outcomes? No, that hasn't been established. But there have been studies that have shown direct relationships between student satisfaction and things like lower attrition in the courses, more persistence from the students, and more effort from the students. And those things arguably function as a bridge into stronger learning outcomes. So we can establish what's sort of an indirect relationship there, but we can at least ensure that students are having a positive experience. And the articles we're going to bring to you today will take you deeper into understanding how to accomplish that and how teacher presence manifests. So let's get to the first article, which is student perceptions of the relationship between indicators of teaching presence and success in online courses. And this was published in the Journal of Interactive Online Learning. And it goes back to 2010, but it's still very relevant today. Basically, what the researchers in this article did was that they surveyed students at two different educational institutions, two different universities or colleges, about what was meaningful to them in terms of their online experience in courses. And they looked at three major buckets One was instructional design and organization. The next one is the facilitation of discourse. And the third was direct instruction. Within each of those buckets were a number of subcategories. And that's really what we're going to focus on. When we whittle all of that down, what are the things that really matter? The students at the different universities weren't unanimous in terms of what was most important, but they did overlap a great deal. We're just going to speak to you about what was generally valued here. So at one institution, and I'll quote from the article here, The largest single perceived instructor action responsible for course success was providing feedback that helped them understand their strengths and weaknesses. Let's locate right in on that. Feedback to students is highly reported, and it's not the only study that shows this, as a critical factor. In fact, it's so important that in the negative case, in terms of when students felt a lack of success, the biggest factor in their feeling a lack of success at that same institution was poor feedback from the instructor. 
So it really worked on both ends. When feedback is positive, it's being respected and valued very highly by the students, and they consider it very important to their success. And when feedback isn't effective, they consider that to be the largest contributing factor to their lack of success in the course. And again, there are overlaps between the two schools and responses here. We're just highlighting what each one listed as the top factor or so. At the same institution, the second most important factor for the students in terms of their feeling of success and their satisfaction with the course was, quote, the instructor's ability to focus discussions on relevant issues. So we're giving feedback. We're focusing on the most important issues of the subject matter. At the second school, however, the most important factor for the students was that the instructor quote, encourage students to explore new concepts and that the instructor helped students clarify their own thinking about the course material. Now, what we're really seeing here is a trend develop, and it's going to feed right into what Dave's going to bring you in about 30 seconds here. Aside from feedback, students need to be clear on what's relevant and they need to be given the space to clarify their thinking and explore it. So give them feedback and giving them the opportunity and working with them to explore that subject matter in some way rather than just ingest it. And now Dave's going to talk about some of the more general practices that can facilitate those kinds of experiences for students. Right. I mean, in a lot of ways, this article that I'm looking at responds to and extends the article that Steve just went over. This one is from 2016. It's entitled The Determinants of Students' Perceived Learning Outcomes and Satisfaction in University Online Education. And in this one, what they were after was to see whether they could isolate specific variables that contribute to how students perceive the learning that they did in their online class and how satisfied satisfied they were with that class. They took variables from two basic categories. The first is the process created and managed by the instructor in terms of course design, assignment, how the course runs, those kinds of frameworks, and then psychological and cognitive aspects of student learning. And in this study, they were looking specifically at self-regulation, extrinsic and intrinsic motivation, and whether those played into how the students perceived their learning and their experience and their overall satisfaction with the class. So what they found here is really helpful for us and interesting as well. Overall, course design, instructor, dialogue are the strongest predictors of student satisfaction and learning outcomes. So that extends the idea that, Steve, you were talking about in terms of feedback, how the instructor designs elements of that course to allow for dialogue, to allow for feedback, they found are the absolute best predictors of user satisfaction and learning outcomes. Yeah. So if we take what we have from the first article, which is demonstrating to us the importance of feedback, the importance of giving students space to focus on what's relevant, explore it and clarify their thinking about it then building into your course opportunities for that to happen and dialoguing with your students as being one of the most important factors from the second study is perhaps the primary way that we're able to accomplish some of the latter goals in terms of giving feedback to the students. It's one of the ways that that can happen. Certainly it can also be through written feedback. But certainly when it comes to helping them clarify their thinking and explore concepts while also keeping them focused on what's relevant, dialoguing between the instructor and the students, dialoguing among the students is something that students are revealing as particularly important to them. Right. And we understand the mad rush to go online. Many people weren't prepared. Many people are trying to figure this out on the fly. But one of the things that I hear consistently is that online teaching is okay once you record your lectures and post them all online. Everything is going to be just gravy. But one of the ways that Iam and Ashil put it really 
hits home about instructor presence being important. They say their study examined the strength and importance of a set of pivotal factors of e-learning success. And one of those things is, quote, the roles of the instructor as active facilitator, intellectual stimulator, caretaker, and feedback provider close quote. So they're talking about feedback right here, not as specifically as yours, but again, it echoes this idea that it's about maintaining a clear presence and one focused on helping students develop and grow their higher order thinking abilities. The other interesting finding from Iyama Nashil is that both extrinsic student motivation and student self-regulation had no significant relationship with user satisfaction and learning outcomes. Extrinsic motivation is the motivation the student has to do something that is going to produce a specific concrete reward. So this assignment will get a grade. They found that that motivation had no bearing on the student's satisfaction with the course or their perception as to whether they learned anything. So even if a student nails every assignment and does everything that they're told, that didn't produce a positive reaction in the students about their experience. What they also found is that intrinsic student motivation, that's the motivation that a student might have to learn for the sake of learning or research something because they're interested in it, but not because necessarily the assignment calls for it. That kind of motivation did affect learning outcomes, but it was not positively linked to user satisfaction. But what did cover course satisfaction was instructor presence, dialogue, and feedback, and the instructor being that intellectual guide. Those are the kinds of things that we can do online, and those are going to be the things that help students have a good experience and move in the direction of the kind of learning outcomes we want. Yeah, and I think that the messages coming out of this, which are echoed by a lot of other research, are very clear. As you alluded to earlier, don't just take your lectures, put them online, and give students a test. Use this time online to be present with the students as much as you can. Allow them to dialogue with you. Allow them to dialogue with each other. Keep them focused on what's important, but give them room to explore it. Help them clarify their thinking about that subject matter and give them feedback as much as you can when that's appropriate, when they need it, and even sometimes just when they want it. And if we can do those things, then are we necessarily improving learning outcomes? Well, probably, but we're not necessarily making that argument right now. But at least what we're doing and what you can be comfortable in is that you're engaging in some best practice to make sure that the students are having a relatively positive experience online in your class. Correct. That's an important first step into this whole online learning world. Right. And let's be honest, we're not here to say that you're going to be able to design the best online course in the universe with the 15 minutes your institution or school has given you to do so. All we're saying is in the research that we presented here and the research that we've read you know, outside of this podcast, these are the kinds of things that the students respond positively to. If you are, like Iyam and Ash will say, an active facilitator, an intellectual stimulator, a caretaker, a feedback provider, then the students, you know, according to the research, are going to respond to that. That's the hurdle we want to get you over right now, especially in these trying times. So like Dave said, reach out to us at info at the critical thinking and be well. We hope that this is a help. And we'll try to get back to you with another podcast that goes a little deeper into some of these other questions as soon as we can. Absolutely. Take care out there.